everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Books, Whites, Booze, the podcast. If you're new here, I'm Madison. Hey, I'm Alexis. And this is part one of our discussion on Too Good to Be True by Carolyn Lovering. And we kind of took a month off just to kind (laughs) of get our shit together a little bit. An unintentional month off. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And but it actually worked out, I think, because I kind of like needed it, I feel like. But we're back. We have a little more time this summer. And so we're going to try to uh, stay on schedule and give you guys a lot of new content this summer. Yes, I'm so excited. We have a lot of really good books picked out for the summer. We just had our own little meeting about stuff that we want to add in for the summer. So we've got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like we are due for a little catch up. So what's been going on in your life, Alexis? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I just finished my second semester of grad school. So yes. wrap that up. Yes. And <laughs> I started, I was going to do a class over the summer. Like I was going to try and pick up some extra hours, just take one class and like push through. But I just could not do it. So we're taking the summer off. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I'll pick up in the fall. So I'll jump back into that. But it's been good. I started a new job serving. So now I'm doing Cheesecake Factory and I'm serving at a different place. So we're making a little extra money this summer. Nice. But yes. Yes. Tell me about you. I know that you've been doing some fun stuff. Not really. I feel like I have it. I have nothing new and exciting to share that's going on, honestly. Just really like getting the house in order, still working. That's really it. Hanging out by the pool because my at my parents' house, not at our house, but at my parents' house, they open the pool in May. And so I feel like we've been over there every weekend so far that it's been it open. Looks, it's amazing. Like your stories <laughs> look like so much fun, so relaxing. And I'm, I wish no, I was there. And I'm no more tan than I was freaking this <laughs> winter. It does me literally no good, but I have gotten the first sunburn of the summer out of the way. So that's all. <laughs> now you can just build the tan on top of it. I know. And like, look at my little, can you see my little lights in my office? Sorry. I know that yes, y'all can't. it looks so good. So I've got these rose lights and you're never going to guess where I freaking bought them from. You're not going to guess. Cracker Barrel. Uh- <laughs> I love the Cracker Barrel gift store. There is nothing better. They're like white roses, like white rose lights. And I bought two freaking containers. They were just the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I had no idea where to hang them. And I probably am going to like go up the wall. But for now, I like ran out and it was too, I I couldn't reach up there. So this is Thank you. Thank you. I've gotten my little office together a little bit. My office slash podcast recording studio. Yes. Me and Tim have been uh, finally getting our bedroom together, even though we moved in like, you know, five months ago. <laughs> but mm-hmm. We finally got our projector set up and we got some lights put up and the pictures. And so it actually looks like someone lives in our bedroom now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like we've been in our house for, I guess, two months now. June, I think, was two months because we moved in at the beginning of April. 
Um, June was two months, but same with us. Like our bedroom is the last thing that we've really gotten like all together. I've gotten yeah. my office done, the living room and stuff, except I've got to get like some paintings, but our bedroom has, I have so much work to do in there and we just haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just there. He'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it later. So Alexis, what are you drinking? So I have a fancy cocktail right now. So it has a, Rum, it's like mango and dragon fruit flavored rum with oh orange gosh. juice, pineapple juice, and then like some coconut juice on top of it, like just a little bit of coconut. And it's so good. It sounds so exotic. <laughs> I felt very inspired by you. I was channeling my fruity cocktails by Madison. <laughs> and pineapple juice is like my favorite. I don't know. I could eat drink pineapple juice and so I wasn't sure if I was gonna like the mango and the coconut in there like I'm not really a big fan of either one of those but I found this recipe online from black market which is a bar like right next to our house and mm -hmm. it's so good like me and Tim both had a couple of them yum what are you drinking okay so this drink is called the salty peacock mm. <laughs> And I, I do have a story behind it. So my dad has built like this huge shed in their backyard and he built himself a little deck off of it and has put in a bar, a grill, like everything on this little like deck. And what? he named it the Salty Peacock. <laughs> he on the hunt for a Salty Peacock drink, I don't think they're going to choose this one because he has his own agenda and mm -hmm. nobody else's opinions are going to be, <laughs> I mean, he has his own <laughs> ideas set out for this place. But anyway, me and Logan, my boyfriend, have been drinking this every weekend. So we go to the pool super early. You know, I need like a cocktail to like kind of get me going and give me yeah. some energy. If you're a Red Bull fan, which I'm actually not, but this one has the blue raspberry or the blue can Red Bull. I think it's blue raspberry, blueberry or blue raspberry. Vodka, the blue Red Bull, kind of like half of a can, not even a full can, just half. Um, a splash of lemonade and beer salt on the top of it and mix it in. What is beer salt? I have never heard of that before. Okay, so you know how people put, like, limes in their Coronas or, like, in their beer to, like, give yeah. it? So, I use beer salt, like, in replace of lime, I guess. I don't know. It just, like, it's kind of like margarita salt in a way. Oh! Like, extra kind of, like, gritty salt. I don't know. And don't put a lot, but, like, I just sprinkle it over the top and then mix it in. So, it has your Red Bull. So, it gives you a little bit of energy if you're drinking it early in the day. Vodka, of course. Flash lemonade and just the beer salt to give it a little saltiness. That sounds so good. The salty peacock. I love it. The salty <laughs> peacock. Yeah. Even if they don't use it, that's my salty peacock drink that I'm drinking I think they should day. use it. Uh, see? Yeah. That's what I think. But anyway, y'all have to try and let me know. All right. Cheers. Fake cheers through our call. Okay, so now we're going to get into our discussion on Too Good to Be True. I have a lot of thoughts on this one, just saying. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Me too. I am so ready. Yeah, give, give us our summary. Okay, cool. I'm going to read the summary from Book of the Month. Sky Starling is overjoyed when her boyfriend, Burke Michaels, proposes after a whirlwind courtship. 
This guy seems to have the world at her fingertips. She's smart, beautiful, and from a well-off family. She's also battling crippling OCD ever since her mother's death when she was 11, and her romantic relationships have suffered as a result. But now Burke, handsome, older, and more emotionally mature than any man she's met before, says he wants her. Except Burke isn't who he claims to be. In Inter's first letters to his therapist reveal the truth, he's happily married and using Skye for his own deceptive ends. In a third perspective, set 30 years earlier, a scrappy 17-year-old named Heather is determined to end things with Burke, the local bad boy, and make a better life for herself in New York City. But can her adolescent love stay firmly in her past, or will he find his way into her future? On a collision course she doesn't see coming, Skye throws herself into wedding planning as Burke's scheme grows ever more twisted. But of course, even the best laid plans can go astray. And just when you think you know where the story's going, you'll discover that there's more than one way to spin the truth. That was a lot longer than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Okay, yeah. So as it kind of said, like we're seeing from three different time periods and three different people's perspectives. So we have Ska's perspective, which is like present day. Um, And we have Burke, which I think he begins in 2018. So... Uh, Skies is 2019, present day. Burke, I think, starts a a year before 2018. I don't really know. Whenever him and Sky meet, I think. And then Heather's perspective is 30 years earlier in 1989. Yeah, which was so confusing. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot to get used to whenever I started reading it. Same. Sky... Has long blonde hair. She lost her mother when she was 12. Um, She despises her stepmom. She has really bad extreme OCD that she has been dealing with really ever since her mom died. And it's like to the point where she has to, like, I think the letter eight is like her her, number. number. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> so the number eight is like her number. She has to like knock on doors eight times up, count down eight times to like open and leave a room. Like really bad, extreme OCD. That has, I don't know, I guess really affected her relationships that she's been in. So she meets Burke, who is a bit older than her. He's 46. And he tells her that he has no family. His parents died in a plane crash when he was 19. But really, we learn that he is actually happily married to Heather. And that they have three kids together. That he's basically like a con man kind of scheme with Scott Starling. Yeah. Which, Burke, from Burke's perspective, he's not happily married he is married he is yeah and he's you know going out and ready to cheat on his wife and I feel like it starts as just cheating and then it just spirals into this huge con yeah but he like uses his family almost as his excuse for why he's doing the things that he's doing it's so like as they said like in the summary Scott comes from a pretty like prestigious rich family Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of just a chance of fate. He thought, like, oh, I met her, you know, we started dating. And then she kind of, like, revealed that information that she actually has, like, millions of dollars. <laughs> She's actually filthy rich. <laughs> yeah. 
And so he was like, oh my gosh, this is my chance. Like, I don't, you know, I have to, this is like fate. And this is the way that like, I can give Heather the life that she really deserves. Yeah. So his plan kind of becomes marry Sky, steal her money, get divorced. Like he doesn't want to just disappear. Like he wants to charm her, marry her, and then turn into a complete asshole so that they get divorced and he can take the money. And he can get half of what she has, yeah, which is a lot that we learn. And he's like broke, broke. This, this kind of bothered me. Like, what his excuse that he gives his wife is that he got this, what, freaking outstanding job in Dubai or something freaking crazy. Yeah. He's making like triple what he was making living at home. And he's like, yeah, I got this new job. I'm moving to Dubai and I'll send you and the kids money. I would be like, what? Like, there would be so many red flags. There's just no way. Oh, no. I'd be like, okay, so where are you staying? What's the name of the business? I'm coming with you also. Like, you're not just going to move into another country. <laughs> That's weird. Except, like, I'd be like, what the hell? You're, like, leaving me and these freaking kids. Yeah. And I feel like part of that is because they were on such bad terms by that time. You know, maybe Heather was just like, mm, fuck it. Like, whatever. Right. Maybe that played a part of it. But no, you're totally right. Yeah, that was just like weird to me. I was like, what the hell? Not only that, like plans this whole fake wedding, whatever, to Sky. They get married. He doesn't even have friends or family or anything that he can invite to the wedding. So it's all just like people that he was acquainted with and he like pays them. Yeah, pays them to be his best man. Opened a joint bank account together before they even got married. A poor girl. Wild to me. I know, poor girl. I mean, Sky did not see it coming in any way. She went in with just the pure intentions. Like she did not see it coming. Yeah, at all. Even though everyone told her the red flags were there. Not everyone. Her best friend Andy. You know, she and I think it is because she was such a hopeless romantic. Like, that was kind of the only thing she's craved is, like, being in a relationship, you know, with a good guy, getting married, starting a family. And so, I feel like the first guy that took interest or that didn't run whenever they saw, you know, her really bad OCD, she was, like, all in. Just yeah. no question. That's setting yourself up for failure to begin with. <laughs> the poor girl. Yeah, I felt like Heather's side was really interesting. You feel bad for Sky, yes. But I kind of felt bad for Heather. Yeah. Too, because she's just kind of like a pawn in this chess game almost. Like she doesn't know that this is going on or yet where we are. We stopped halfway through. And I think she was like 17. Yeah, she had her 17th birthday with like Libby. So you just see like she's dating Burke then. And he was like a bad boy, you know, in high school. And I think her parents weren't around, like her mom died and her dad wasn't around. Like she hadn't seen her dad. Yeah. In a while. Yeah. And she like doesn't, didn't have any family. And when her mom died, it was just her and her little brother. So she was kind of forced to raise Gus, her little brother. So she took this nannying job for a pretty, a pretty upscale family and um, the husband was like a painter and then his wife Libby became Heather's kind of like idol. Almost. Yeah. 
yeah, it was her first experience seeing someone who's not in severe poverty and hooked on drugs because that's pretty much everyone that she had been around up until that point in her town. And then when she met Libby, she was like, wait, this is what life can be like. Like, I don't have to be miserable all the time. And so she kind of started wanting to be exactly like Libby. Yeah. And so she started putting in more work at school. Yeah. Like kind of getting her shit together, starting to like think about college and going off to school and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of that was, I think, because of Libby and her family. Yeah, for sure. But then when the tragedy happened, that was just terrible. Uh, I had tears in my eyes. It was so sad. Yeah, that was, and I wasn't expecting that. So her little brother, Gus, they're at the beach. She's at the beach with Libby and her family. Libby's daughter, so she was like an infant or like a toddler, and she got stung by a bee, so Libby freaked out because she didn't know if she was like allergic. Anyway, Heather's little brother, Gus, couldn't swim, and neither could Heather, and she had told this to Libby. Gus had waded out into the water, and Heather couldn't get to him. Libby had rushed out there to save her own son, who knew how to swim, and didn't save Gus. Yeah, which that whole, like, I didn't know whose side to be on because like I didn't blame Heather for hating Libby because like her brother just died you know like of course she's gonna lash out and of course she's gonna feel those emotions but then I didn't blame Libby for forgetting that Heather can't swim because Heather mentioned it one time when Libby was drunk in Bermuda and like Heather's whole argument was like you should have remembered you shouldn't have been drunk but also like Libby was on vacation you know or Bermuda. I don't know where they went. One of those vacation places. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, that was an awful situation all around. Yeah, it really was. And I think that I'm like really interested to see how Heather progresses. Yeah. Um, in the second half of the book after this, like I want to see how, because I'm, I mean, I would assume this would have a pretty big effect on her and how her and Burke got to like the point that they're at today. I mean, because I feel like up until now we've been leading up, like Heather's been getting better and better. Like, in like, you know, she's been moving up money wise. She's been going to school. She's going to get a job like, and she wants Burke to get a good job so she can eventually be a housewife and take care of the babies like Libby. But once Burke went to prison, which I feel like is what we're leading up to right now, like, once Bert goes to prison, I'm pretty sure everything changes for them. You know, like just yeah, like that's the point where Heather's future is like, okay, you're going to have to work. So I'm very right. interested to see the tipping point for Heather. And I'm curious to see, I can only assume how crushing this is to Sky oh because where we left off is right when she discover or her best friend discovers the emails this is another thing that just really freaking bothered me so burke is writing from his point of view letters to his therapist or his him and his wife's family therapist or whatever he's not actually sending them he's just writing right not sending them just writing so he's explaining in detail you know, his plan with Sky and what is kind of going on, how they met, blah, blah, blah. He hired his acquaintances to, you know, be his best man and be his groomsman in his wedding in order, I mean, in return for 
payment, he was paying them out of him and Sky's joint bank account, which I, I, I still don't understand that. Don't open a joint bank account with somebody before you marry them. Like, that is going to be my <laughs> Or when you only know them for six months. Like, or when you only know them for six months. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Like, just know them. That's just don't do that. No. Especially if you are a gajillionaire. Absolutely. Poor girl. <laughs> and this man is like telling you that he has all this money, but he's really broke. So there's no way that he's actually convinced her that he had, like, you haven't seen his money anywhere. Yeah. So this don't may be just, like yeah. a poor person thing, but I check my bank account every single day. Like, I look at every transaction. But I'm sure if I was filthy rich, I probably wouldn't check it that often. But, like, I no. know every penny that goes in and out of my account. Right. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, so he is, you know, emailing his guy friend, Andy, that was one of his groomsmen. So he sends him all of these letters that he's written and was like, it's easier for me to just send you. I've been documenting it for months now. So it's easier for you to just read the letters yourself instead of me trying to explain. Well, he sent it to Andy, Sky's best friend, girl Andy, and not male Andy that was his groomsman. Yeah, which I thought was so funny because I really did. When they first introduced the guy friend as Andy, I was like, we already have an Andy as a character. Like, why are we getting another Andy? Like, we don't need any more Andys. But then when that email went through, I was like, oh, that's why she wrote it like that. Okay. But if you're sending literally incriminating documents, they are incriminating yourself in a crime, a plan to commit a crime. You don't double check that you're sending it to the right person. (laughs) So dumb. And maybe that's coming from somebody who is a marketing person and has to double check that they're sending it to the right person a million times. I feel like every, work, yeah, every working professional like you who uses email knows that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe that's just my anxiety talking because I've sent the wrong thing to the wrong person before. <laughs> yes, but exactly. When you're sending literally your whole entire plan to a guy to read, you don't double check the emails. That's yeah. just, I don't know. Which, what, what chapter was that? Do you know off the top of your head, like, where we left off? Because I don't think we told everybody where we stopped. It was that chapter, like, whenever Sky finds yeah. out. So, we left off right at part two, and the last chapter was 24. Okay. So, chapter... No, well, yeah, chapter 24 is where we left off, but that was when Gus drowned. Okay. So, chapter 23 is when Sky's, like, reading the letters, I think. Gotcha. Or chapter 22, one of those. It was in the Um, 20s, the early 20s. (laughs) And, like, she finds the letters, or so she sits down and reads all the freaking letters that he's written. So, now Sky is aware of what he's doing, but we haven't gotten to the part where she confronts him. I'm really curious how that's going to go. Yeah, me too. But I do want to comment on Andy and Sky's friendship because I, like Andy, I think is my favorite character. I just love like her little, you know, her spunk. I yeah. think she's so fun, but I love seeing her and Sky's friendship in that moment where, 
you know, they've been fighting for over a year now. But when Andy found those emails, like she was there for Sky and she was like, all right, we're getting your locks changed. We're going to cancel your cards. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. I'm getting you some Thai food that you're going to eat because you haven't been eating. And like she just went into the like caregiver mode. It was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really like that, too. And she had been warning Sky. I mean, she could see the red flags. Yeah. But that I feel like that's how it goes. Like, people on the outside are going to see the red flags before you really want to admit that they're there. Exactly. And she was already in this state of, like, just bliss. Like, of course, she didn't want to end it. You know, she didn't want to poke through it and try and break it. Like, it was the first time she really felt accepted and loved like that by... A, like a romantic partner. Yeah. So of course she yeah. wasn't going to try and do it. So what are you thinking prediction wise for the rest of the book? How do you think it's going to end? <sighs> okay. So I feel like the book is advertised to be more of a thriller. And up until now, I feel like it has been suspenseful, but I haven't gotten like real thriller vibes. So I mm-hmm. feel like it's about to take a turn in like a really, I guess, maniacal is the way, the word, like a really maniacal turn or like an evil turn. I think everything happened too easily with Burke. Like, I think that was a really careless mistake. So I think something's going on with the emails. I really do. I don't know if someone like, com- like found the letters on his desktop and sent them or something. I don't know. I just feel like Burke already went to prison. I don't feel like he would have just sent the email. Right. I don't know. But maybe he did. I don't I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm waiting on like that. We're not there yet. Like we're not at the climax point yet. Yeah. Get the twist. I'm waiting on the twist. Yeah, I feel like we haven't heard anything about Heather. So I think that Heather is about to be a major, major character in the end of this book. And I don't know if that's like a like a Sky and Heather teaming up kind of thing, or like a Heather is like totally going to fuck up Burke and Sky. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think this is my prediction. I think that you're on the right. I think that Scott and Heather are going to team up and that one of them or both of them are going to kill Burke. Ooh, that'd be good. I'd love to read that. <laughs> because he doesn't have any family. He doesn't have anybody that would actually know if his wife, you know, That's did it. True. Nobody that would be looking for him. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's my prediction. I'm also interested to see what Sky's family does because when her father finds out Burke did all that and like stole the $2 million and all that stuff that yeah. he's been taking, I mean, that's his family's money. Like, I don't know yeah. how. I mean, you know, he's a gajillionaire. He's got to have some hitman in his phone book somewhere, you know? In <laughs> vain. We'll see. I will say, throughout the whole book, I've been reading it. Well, I haven't been reading it. I've been listening to this one on audio. That helped so much with keeping up with all the different perspectives. Yeah. I bet yeah. it does. It kind of, in a way, reminds me. Are you watching Cruel Summer on Hulu? Yes. It reminds me so much of that. Me too, except, you know, obviously, like, the plot is different, but, like, they're going between, like, three different years. Yeah, and And I'm so so confused in Cruel Summer, so that makes sense, because I'm really confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm really loving that show, too. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think that somebody's going to kill him. I like that. Let's go with that prediction. Okay, that's our prediction. We'll let you know (laughs) 
episode if we were right or not. Yes, but I really well, am loving it so far. Like this book, I think about it when I'm not reading. You know, like I want to yeah. go pick up the book. Towards the middle, it really kicked up a little oh, bit yeah. there. Because at the, the beginning, you're kind of just learning. It's kind of like slow a little bit getting into it. But towards the middle, it really starts to pick up. So Yeah. Okay, time to go into my favorite thing, the food, the recipes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so me and my roommate Bethany have had to come to Jesus that we're going to be cooking more at home because we've gotten in a really bad habit of just door dashing to the house. So oh my God, we have two lately. It's a hole. Really like once you start, not. it's so easy. Stop. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, <laughs> We did just good old tacos, actually, this week, which is cheap. Yeah, cheap, easy, good. And we did it like Bethany actually made it. I'm just going to tell Bethany's recipe. (laughs) But um, she put the ground beef in the pan and she mixed in corn, black beans, and the salsa into the pan and like heated it up. Not too much salsa, you know, like just enough to give it a kick. And then she stirred all that up, put the taco seasoning in with that. So everything got the flavor in a separate pan, took the tortillas and heated the tortillas on each side so that it took the soft mm-hmm. tortilla and made it a little bit hard. Not like, you know, cooked it, but like she made it warm. And then yeah. we took the tortilla and then I took the chunky guacamole from Trader Joe's with Greek yogurt, which is amazing, but take whatever guacamole of your choice. And then we lined the tortillas with the guac. Then we put the concoction from the other pan, you know, the meat, the beans, all that yeah. on top. And then we did the lettuce, tomato, classic cheese, all that stuff. So it was delicious. Yeah. It was super easy. Took like 15 minutes. So I uh, love tacos. Those are my favorite. If you have a Trader Joe's in your area, you must try the guacamole with the Greek yogurt. It is phenomenal. <laughs> it's so good. Yum. That sounds weird. I know good. that sounds weird. It does sound weird, but it's good. All right, Matthew, what you been eating? Okay, so I'm actually going to swap gears. I'm giving a breakfast slash brunch Ooh. recipe. Okay. So you might have saw on our, on our Instagram, um, I don't know, maybe a week or ago, but I posted that I cooked brunch for my whole family. And, um, so I did Belgian waffles, which are my freaking favorite to make. I got my parents bought me a Belgian waffle maker for Christmas. I think it last year, maybe it was the year before. I don't know, but I used the crap out of that thing, but I did like eggs, bacon, and then Belgian waffles. So I'm going to give you my Belgian waffle recipe. My batter is, um, two eggs, two teaspoons of baking powder, two cups of flour, half a teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons of sugar, half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, four tablespoons of butter, and two cups of milk. And then I also put in some nutmeg. So that is like my secret ingredient that I add in every time. But I just like sprinkle a little nutmeg, maybe even a little cinnamon sometimes if I'm feeling it. And mix it all up until your batter is not all the way smooth. You want it to be like a little lumpy. And then spray both sides of your Belgian waffle maker with some kind of like grease spray. I cook mine on high. So, you know, like waffle makers have like the low, the medium, the high, depending on how crispy you want your waffle. If you don't want a crispy waffle, 
then do like medium I think is usually what will work for that but if you do it on high then you have like the crispy outside and then like the really soft inside and oh my god it's so good yum so now you have a good nutritious breakfast and lunch and dinner options (laughs) seriously yeah and the waffles like you'll have to look at my picture on Instagram because the Belgian waffles come out just like so thick and perfect Mm. it's like oh my gosh amazing so yeah you can find all of these recipes though our drink recipes our dinner recipes our interviews with our authors our Megan Golden interview if you haven't listened to that go back to part two of the night swim such a good interview oh my gosh so good and um yeah so check all of those out on our website at booksfightsbooze.com Follow us on Instagram at Books Fights Booze. Oh. And if you wanna if you want a code to get a free book of the month, then let us know. We'll give you our code. Yeah. You can get some you books. Can email, us, <laughs> yeah, email us at booksbitesbooze at gmail.com and we'll send you one of our referral codes and you get a free book and we get a free book. So we'll be back with our part two discussion in a couple weeks, probably towards the end of June. The next book that we're going to be reading is Malibu Rising. It was the June um, book of the month choice. So it's brand new and I'm so freaking excited, but I don't want to go into that book too much yet, but I'm really excited. Me too. It looks amazing. I hadn't even heard of it until you sent it to me and now I can't wait. So we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Yay. Thank you guys. Come back soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.